Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, we had a really emotional episode last week talking about the life of Brody Lee. Today, we uh, come back to go and talk about the first week of the wrestling year, uh, usually it's Wrestle Kingdom and, you know, Monday Night Raw as we go and say, we hope everything goes well. But this week we've got a ton of shows and uh, we thought we'd do a quick preview before uh, we came back next week going, oh my God, we had this, this and this. And we're like, oh my God, we never even got a chance to talk about it. So, uh, Jay, before we start, Happy New Year. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I mean, um, our show yesterday, um, I, you're like you're saying last week, I'm like, last week, we did the show yesterday. But uh, our show yesterday was uh, very emotional. Um, and um, it, it's good that we're, you know, not good that we're moving on from it. Because obviously, Brody Lee, John Huber is still in our mind. There's still videos I've watched today and that you've watched today. Um, but it, it's good that we're talking about something else. Um, so we're not crying on 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 air here uh, but yeah new year's was okay uh, nothing too crazy hung out with two other people and um and yeah so looking forward to talking about wrestling with you today because it's going to be a, a really crazy week next week absolutely so uh before we get into everything i just wanted to bring up the fact that i didn't realize it but the young bucks put out on uh twitter to earlier today that two years ago today they put out the infamous message that uh, on their phones they had they were going to be putting out a show called Double or Nothing after the successful um, All In I believe it was called and on Hangman Page's phone it said uh, AEW and you know two years later we have the uh, most people's mind the number two number two company in the US you know by far you know ROH, Impact Wrestling, MLW are all in the distant thirds and uh Jay, we're going to be talking about, you know, one of their big shows, their New Year's show, one first of two nights. But before we get into that, can you believe it's been two years since the naming of the company we found out? And, yeah. you know, more than just the rumors of, are they going to stay? Are they going to go, you know, re-signing with ROH? Are they going to go back with New Japan? It's Yeah, no, years. it was the, and that was, so BTE had like a little bit of a lull for a little bit. Um where they where they weren't as good, um, I think this is when they were. I forget exactly what when it was, what time period it was that year, but as soon as the free agency stuff started, and they started doing the Triple H bits, where I think for, uh, Frankie Kazarian was Triple H, and they would do these Triple H bits on BTE all the time. It was absolutely hilarious. It was great, and you know the, the Young Bucks have done interviews about. Um, getting courted by the WWE and Triple H specifically and how aggressive he was in trying to get them. So, yeah, I mean, it changed wrestling, right? It, it, I mean, I don't know that we would be doing this podcast if that didn't happen, right? Like the fact that there is competition, there's so much going on. Um, you know, now wrestlers have another destination to go to. So, um, yeah, they've they've changed the course of, of wrestling and probably changed the course of wrestling for, for the history of wrestling. And and all for the better, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, a lot, a lot of wrestling fans were burned out. The last big thing they really cared about was, you know, you know, a podcast about, you know, what happened with, you know, CM Punk and 
what he was going to do. And then we had, you know, Kenny Omega and Okada. And now we're here. So, I mean, a lot of things happened in between, but two years later. But, uh, you know, the big thing that found, you know, today, you know, Sammy Callan said he's staying with Impact. We found out, if, you know, we're going to find out hopefully what's going to happen, you know, how happen next with, you know, Ethan Page and a Ziggy Dice of the world. But before we find those things out, the first big thing to happen is we'll have, you know, Wrestle Kingdom for two nights. And on Monday, we'll have Legend Night for Monday Night Raw with the big thing we know of right now is Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre. I think we both could agree that we're not going to have a title change. But I think the big thing that might come out of that show is we'll most likely have the Sheamus turn. You think that's what's going to happen and setting up the Royal Rumble main event or at least Raw main event? Or do you think they're going to still push that going forward? Or what do you think the big thing on Monday night's going to be? Yeah, I mean... They might not do anything, Corey. I mean, you could, you know, they already are going to have the stuff with the legends. Um, you know, that's going to be that's going to be a whole thing in itself. Um, and they're really trying to pop a rating, which I think they will do. I mean, every look, the legend shows always do very, very well in the rating. So, um, so we'll see. I, yeah, maybe he'll turn. I, I, I could see that happening. Um, you know, they could have that be a February pay-per-view too when they don't don't have anything going on. You could do a you could do a triple threat match with Keith Lee, Drew, and, and Sheamus. So um, but yeah, I, I I think your your reasoning sounds solid and I could see them definitely doing doing a turn. And but there definitely won't be a title change. I don't think anything is gonna happen, but we do have the Royal Rumble. So maybe we're gonna start to see some, you know, some things going on in terms of storylines going toward the rumble. I mean, as of right now, we know that Daniel Bryan has entered the, the Men's Royal Rumble and the Women's Royal Rumble, I believe, is uh, Baszler and Nia Jax. I mean, those are the people that we know. I'm not super enthused by, you know, Nia Jax or, or Shayna because, I mean, as much as I like Shayna, I don't think they've used her very well. And I don't I think, think she might. I mean, I think she might win. I mean, you, you see what she did to Dana Brooke and, and Mandy Rose? She killed them. So, I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know about I don't know about that. And Nia Jax, I could. I could care less if I ever see her on my television again, but um, I could definitely, I could absolutely see Shayna getting, you know, I think with Bianca Belair next to Bianca Belair, Baszler is probably one of the, um, one of the favorites to win. So um, in my opinion, especially the way they made her look so strong on, on Monday. So, and they've kept her looking strong. I mean, she did lose the tag titles, but I mean, they've, they've kept her looking pretty strong throughout this run. So, um, I could definitely see her winning the rumble at some point. Well, that being said, but that being said, where are the Royal Rumble matches? They're going to do that this year, where they do the Royal Rumble matches to see where guys are going to be numbers wise and guys and gals. They used to do that, and then they stopped last year. So maybe we'll see that again. Maybe. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they they get people involved. You know, and the other big thing that you know kind of came up that we didn't talk about was the fact that they returned the title to the you know the Money in the Bank to the Miz. So I mean, I guess we could still see some sort of fallout of that this coming Monday. But when it comes to Monday Night Raw, which is, you know, their first show of the new year, the real big hook is, you know, if we get, like I said, a Sheamus turn and these legends. And the one legend that hasn't been mentioned coming in is Stone Cold Steve Austin, which I think we'll see the following week because his season two of his uh, his show debuts on the 11th. I've seen a couple of promos for that. So that's how I, I knew that. And I'm guessing he'll have an appearance, you know, right before his show debuts, you know, right after Monday Night Raw on the on the 11th. So, I mean, I'm guessing they're saving him for the following week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's smart, very smart. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. The, the legend stuff is fine. Um, but again, and this is what we always say, right? 
the fact that they have to bring these legends in from 20, 30 years ago, the Papa rating tells you they are not making enough guys. So, right. So that's always the big thing. That being said, the legends nights are always really fun. So I, I think it should be, should be a, a good night for Raw, and hopefully we can actually sit through three hours of, of WWE television. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and, and we're, we'll get into uh, wrestle kingdom in a, in a few minutes, we're going to go through some of the other big events uh, during the week. Uh, on Tuesday, we've got Impact Wrestling. Uh, the club is apparently going to appear, and that's going to be leading up into their uh, Genesis, which I guess is one of their, like, not an eye paper. Her, view, but, her, oh, yeah, yeah, Genesis. Yeah, it's one of their shows. Yeah, which is the return of the uh, the X-Cup, which uh, the Super J, their X-Cup, which is their, you know, which I guess looks like is their, Return of Ace Austin to that division, so it might be the beginning of his push, which I, he kind of got lost in the second half of when you know Slam Reverse happened and they brought in all of their big acquisitions. So this might be the rebranding of Ace Austin and maybe his chance to go and develop again. You know, fingers crossed on that. So, and like I said, it's Kenny, you know, Kenny Omega, and uh, yeah, I think that I think it's I think it'll be. It's not one of the bigger things really of, sure. of, of the week. And then we've got, you know, the big Wednesday shows. You've got New Year's Day-ish, which is the follow-up, uh, which, you know, they when New Japan starts all their new angles. But then you've got three big shows, and it's going to be a lot of wrestling. I'm sure that the three, the two of us will mostly not have a chance to watch everything that night, but we will try to watch everything by our show. But we've got MLW to lead the night with, uh, usually they have, you know, one-hour shows at 7 o'clock, but they say they're having a pay-per-view quality show. So I'm guessing it's not just going to be a lead-in, you know. Usually now, is the show starting at, do we know if the show's starting at 7 or not? As far as I've been, as far as I see, it's going to be 7 o'clock. Man, it'd be good if they started like 6 o'clock. You know what I mean? People are getting home from work, whatever, 6 o'clock, you watch wrestling for two hours, you watch them for two hours, and then, yeah, but. So their show is uh, the King of, King of uh, Collision. Pink, sorry, Colossum. Yeah, uh, special, where I believe they have uh, four matches that are announced, and uh, apparently Mil, uh, Mil uh, Mortez will be coming in. Who uh, people who watch Lucha Underground uh, know, and and actually something funny. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, El Rey Network, which had Lucha Underground, actually ceased uh, operations uh, last night. So I mean, a kind of a footnote in the history of. Uh, wrestling programming where Lucha Underground was was on no longer exists. So, I mean, that was, you know, their big show. And now that's kind of gone. It may come back at some point, but the big thing that, you know, most wrestling fans knew of from there. But of the four matches, you know, the, the big two are Myron Reed, Myron Reed versus Leo Rush and um, Hammerstone versus uh, Mass Kruger. I'll be honest, Mass Kruger really hasn't done anything for me since he's come in. I like Hammerstone, but the big match that really interests me is Myron Reed versus Leo Rush. I think this could be one of those matches that people don't realize before they see the show. That could be the show that the match that we're really talking about by the end of the night. Yeah, and and you know, you know, for you guys watching on Russell Life who might be more WWE fans, um, for anyone listening to the podcast, who might be more WWE fans, AEW, um, Impact, whatever, they don't have a chance to watch MLW or haven't. I think watching this Myron Reed Leo Rush matches is, is, is a really, really good idea. Um, yeah, Maz Kruger is just beating up jobbers. We'll see what he could do. 
I'm trying to figure out if he's like Scott Hall's kid or not. They supposedly he was, but I don't know if he is. I don't know. But anyway, um, as far as the Myron Reed match, Myron Reed is spectacular. Um, he was with the Rascals at one point. Um, the guys who are now going to the WWE. Um, and he is he's a little on the thin side and he's a really young guy, but he is dope. Like he is good on the mic. He's good in the he's fantastic in the ring. Um, and I think he's a future future world champion in one of these companies. Um, we'll see if he goes to WWE and they put him in 205 live. But uh, assuming he goes, you know, uh, depending on where he goes, I really, really think he can be a guy that's highlighted and can be a guy that's a future world champion. Obviously going against Leo Rush, who himself is still a young guy and uh, spectacular in the ring. Um, I could see a title change there if they're going to have Leo Rush kind of be around for big events. Or this could be used to establish Myron Reed as an even kind of stronger uh, competitor for possibly the world title at some point. But this should be a really, really fun match. If there's any match from MLW that you watch, this is the match I would encourage everybody to see. And I don't know, I'm pretty sure I said this at the top, but if I did, this show will be free on YouTube. And then on the weekend, it will be on their usual Saturday time slot. Um, be in sports and I guess on the zone and Fubo TV and other places where they're usually on, but the show will be starting, I believe it's seven o'clock, you know, check YouTube to make sure, you know, or MLW uh, on Twitter to, to confirm. But uh, the other two matches that are listed on the show are the Von Erichs versus the dirt, dirty blondes. I don't expect a title change and a grudge match of Simon Gotch versus Jordan Oliver, Jordan Oliver, also an injustice, I think has been one of the standouts of a lot of these shows that have been going on during the pandemic. Some of the smaller promotions, GCW had a, a free show a couple of weeks ago and he faced Chris Bay and it was a really, really good match. And I hadn't seen him a ton on MLW in singles matches. He's usually been, you know, like seconding guys. And I was really been impressed by Jordan Oliver. And I'm glad he's giving a chance now to, you know, have a frontline performance on this show. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, the storyline that they used that Gotch retired, um, you know, the other guy who was in Justice who had to retire. Yep. So, yeah. So, you know, looks like it'll be a pretty good, uh, that'll be a pretty good grudge match and, and the, the, the tag title match. So, yeah, it should be a good show. Uh, moving on to the uh, second of our three shows on this Wednesday mm -hmm. night, January 6th, is the NXT show, which is unbelievably deep it, it is a takeover quality show new year's evil uh jay i'll let you take the lead on this one wherever you want to start because every one of these matches looks like i mean i don't i don't i don't even know where to start i mean you've got uh karen cross against priest i would i would have loved that to have been some type of hardcore match but they already have the last woman standing which is a gimmick match and you have the fight pit match which is a gimmick match so you figure that one you don't want to do too many gimmick matches in one night uh, Core, I don't know. I, I don't know where to start. I guess let's start with Finn Balor and O'Reilly since that's the main event. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, great, uh, great promos between O'Reilly and Balor uh, on Wednesday in regards to the title. O'Reilly saying promo ever, most likely. Was that promo? Um, yeah, I mean, one of them, one of them, absolutely. Uh, they've done a great job hyping that. You know, they had them watch their old match and kind of go back and talk about it. So they've really done a good job of hyping that as the main event. Um, I really could see Adam Cole call. See, the problem is they're probably not going to do that since Adam Cole's going to be in the, the Dusty Rhodes Classic. 
Um, but I really thought that's where they'd have Adam Cole kind of turn on O'Reilly. They might, they may still do something because I think if O'Reilly doesn't win, I think they're going to want him to be in some high profile feud after. And I don't think it'll be with Pete Dunne. So I expect Ballard to retain. I do think there's a chance O'Reilly wins the title and is like kind of a short term champion till the, till the next takeover when Karrion Cross wins. Um, so we'll see. Santos Escobar against Grant Montalik. I think Escobar wins. I think it'll be a good match. Um, and we'll see what they do with Escobar. The last woman standing match, they had that tremendous video package that we talked about on, on right. yesterday's yep. podcast. Um, I expect Raquel Gonzalez to win, absolutely. And then maybe Rhea Ripley, maybe Rhea Ripley wins over a rumble, you know. So um I but I do expect Raquel Gonzalez to win that match. The fight pit match is is one that I'm really looking forward to. I love that NXT did that concept. I thought it was really a great concept with Riddle and Thatcher, and I'm looking forward to it very, very much with Ciampa. But Thatcher needs to win, right? Like, he needs to win. And the idea of him losing his style of match um, to Ciampa would really, really be a big blow to him. So I, I, I just cannot see him – I can't see him losing – and then Karrion Cross and Damian Priest, we know how they feel about Karrion Cross. He's the, the next coming. So I do expect him to, to win in a competitive match. So, Corey, what are your – what's that? But I think this, this to me is a – this is a takeover quality show. I mean, you look at the cards that they've had for, you know, the takeovers for this past year. This is a better card than most of the takeovers they've had you know, Sands having a, like an EO match in there. So yeah, this is a great, great show. What are your takeaways from uh, New Year's Evil? I think this has a chance. I don't know if this, you know, you, a lot of times we talk about, you know, what will win the ratings that night. I think that, you know, AW will still mostly win the ratings for the night, but I think this might be the better of the two shows. I mean, we, we spoke. It, it's, not, it's not, a, it's not a might. This is absolutely, it's not even, it's not even close, but, and I all, I do think NXT has a chance to win the ratings this week, but. I don't know, momentum from last week's show and a lot of the stuff, you know, we'll see, but um, I do think that this could be a graduation day type of thing for a couple of competitors on this show. I think that this could be saying goodbye to Damian Priest. I think that this could be, like you said, could be saying goodbye to Rhea Ripley. I, I think the fight pit match, but uh, Thatcher, I think, kind of needs to win it just to have a little bit more credibility. Um, I think where we disagree, because I know, like you were saying, we were saying off air, the idea that, you know, going with the AW match with Omega and Phoenix, where we both think it's going to be a phenomenal match, but you said you didn't have as much interest because you don't feel uh, Phoenix has any chance of winning. I don't think O'Reilly has any chance of winning this match. So you think they have the same percentage of winning? I think the idea is Balor versus uh, Balor versus uh, Cross at uh, Takeover uh, Mania or whatever. The yeah, but they is. can. But that's three months from now. They can have O'Reilly win, be a short-term champion, and then transit. I mean, they could they could easily do that. To me, what to me, there's no basis for Phoenix to win the title. For me, there's absolutely a reason for O'Reilly to win the title. You haven't won the title. He's a guy now. You've made another person now. O'Reilly wins this match. He's back to tags, right? Unless you do some turn or something like that to set up a feud with O'Reilly, who I think has shown himself to be a baby face who's good, who I, who, I, who I think fans will get into. 
uh, is it a, a you know a great chance O'Reilly's going to win? Absolutely not. But there, is there a chance? Oh, of course, there's a chance. There's no chance Phoenix is going to win. But there's absolutely he Omega just won the title in, in this huge fashion. They're doing all this stuff with him. He's not going to lose. But the idea that Balor could lose, Balor could lose for the next ten years. It won't matter. He's he's a he's a made guy. So I absolutely could see O'Reilly winning this match. And you know, I, and like I, I mean, said, if you want to, if you want to do some five to one action, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'll take that. Um, it's not my style to do that anymore. But you know, maybe we'll talk up there. Uh, and you know, as much as I love the idea of Escobar versus Metalik, uh, I think it could be a great match. But the idea it's a one week build, it just kind of hurts that type of match for me. Where if this was something, if it was a TV match, I mean, I know I understand this is a TV show and it's not a network special, but the idea that this is being built as a huge show. A one-week build for Metalik versus Escobar doesn't feel like something I should care about. And, you yeah, know, but remember, but also, we also got to remember, right? They have two hours every week, sure. and they have to have matches. They have to have a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, they can't be doing um, video packages for every one of these matches every week. So, it's a, it's more of a, you know, throwaway match. It's more of an undercard match in the show, and so everything can't be the hype that Balor and O'Reilly have got. I agree. I agree, so, but. On paper, this could be one of the, well, first week of the year, so you know, it's got a lot to go and say against. But I think this could be one of the better shows that we see in the first half of the year. I mean, especially, you know, with, and we'll talk about it more in a few minutes, with Wrestle Kingdom being over two nights and, you know, being split shows, this has a chance to be one of the more memorable shows we get in the first half of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if we get any title changes on this show um, but I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah. Moving on to our last of our Wednesday shows, which I uh, I'm just going to say this. Yeah. I, mean, I know we're going to have a guest coming on pretty soon. You think that they would have one title. They'd have something happen on the show. Some big thing happen on the show. So if not a title change, uh, a baby face or a heel turn, something on the show I think is going to have to Adam happen. Adam Cole turning on Kyle O'Reilly. But, well, but he's in a Dusty Rhodes classic, right? Like, there, he's signed up to be in the and now he's gonna try. I mean, maybe I, I just I think we're gonna have to see something big happen, and you know maybe there's Cole against O'Reilly. So we'll see. Yeah, well, you could have Cole, uh, Cole, uh, and the other two members because I'm having a brain fart here. F- Fish and Strong, right? But Fish is hurt. Fish is hurt. Right, but you can have them as. On one side as the heels, and you could have Riley go on his own as a babyface. You know, you could have them all, the rest of them stay together. But O'Reilly, yeah, that's fair. And you want O'Reilly to be the, you know, the big babyface if he's going, you know, is having a feud with the three of them mm-hmm. for, you know, six months or whatever. And to keep yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. You're right. That'd be interesting. I mean, because like they're really, you know, Adam Cole, he wins the rest of the year and he's like, I want to dedicate this kind of, like, he's like being over the, t- uh, being very effusive with his praise, right? right. So, you know, there, there's definitely a chance that they kind of change things up. So we'll Absolutely. see. And, you know, and speaking of uh, guests, we are joined by old friend of the show. And anytime we talk about Wrestle Kingdom and New Japan Pro Wrestling, we bring in someone who actually watches more than we do because, uh, He's uh, someone who he's he's what he's what you call a mark. He's what you call a mark. A hundred percent. But Sean, uh, welcome back to the show after a couple of years away. Uh, how you been, sir? Uh, busy as busy can be. Thanks for having me back, guys. How are you? 
uh, doing great. Um, we uh, just been talking about the uh, first week of the new year with the uh, couple of the big shows. We went over, uh, unfortunately, you know, Raw, Raw Legends Night, and uh, we spoke a little MLWs. Their, you know, their big show, and we spoke about New Year's Eve. I don't know if you had any quick thoughts about either one of the uh, those two shows before we moved on to uh, the AEW Super sh uh, First Show. I actually have not had a chance to, well, first off, I'm not watching any WWE product at all. So, I mean, I'm not yeah. wasting my time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could have, I could have, I could have told you, Corey, to not even introduce him with that. Cause I know Sean is, Sean is, Sean is not watching that stuff. No, no. I mean, credit to everybody there who, who is absolutely amazing and fantastic, but um until that company makes some really smart decisions and changes their uh, their entire style, I'm not wasting my money. I'm not wasting That's my fair. time. I'm not giving That's them fair. anything. Um, Sean, one thing that I wanted to do was, because um, I know we talked a little bit about Brody Lee, and I know we're mostly going into talking about what's going to happen next week and the kind of great week of wrestling that we have. But um, I know that Brody Lee, you, you're, you know, you, you're from uh, Rochester, upstate New York. You followed his career closely like we all have. Um, you know, you're a dad. Uh, I, 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 did, I did see your boy crawl today. Uh, very good very good work by him on Instagram. Um, so I know that this kind of, uh, kind of hit you hard as well. So if you want to just share a thought or two on Brody Lee, and I don't know if you got to see the tribute show before we talk about uh, New Japan. I did. Uh, I was lucky enough, uh, despite working, to uh, have a drop and call volume so that I could actually manage to catch the entirety of the show. Uh, it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I loved everything that they did. Uh, I can't imagine how difficult it was for many of those people to work through and do all that, but I think it's fantastic that they did it in such a loving tribute to their friend and their colleague. And for some of them, I'd imagine a mentor. Uh, I'm not gonna pretend to be the uh, Brody Lee um, expert by any means. Like I, I learned about him shortly before he got picked up by WWE. Uh, and he is a Rochester wrestling legend. Um, and by all accounts uh, from friends I have that knew him, uh, from family members that I have that knew him and had either brief or other interactions with him. Uh, he was always, without a doubt, a very wonderful guy. I have never heard a bad thing about him, which is, you can't say that about pretty much anybody. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe. So, uh, yeah, I think as a father, it, it hit a lot more, I think more so on the fact that everyone out there was talking about how this job is just, it was a job to him. It wasn't anything else. Um, despite how much he loved it, it was a job. And the first thing for him and priority wise was his family. And to me, uh, that is, that is the ultimate, the penultimate, uh, person, uh, that you can be. So I, I think it's absolutely terrible, horrifying and sad how quickly he went down. Uh, I can only imagine what the condition was. Um, yeah, I feel horrible for him. And I, I, I hope that his family can take some kind of solace in the love that so many people have for him and the unbelievable respect that uh, his peers and his community have for him as well. And I think it's fantastic what AEW has done 
for uh, that family, uh, especially for Brody Lee Jr. and for his wife, Amanda Huber. I think it's fantastic what they're doing right now. Yeah, couldn't say any better than I mean, first 28 minutes of our show this past week, I don't know if you've had a chance to hear it yet. It was uh, us talking about that and uh, me almost, you know, crying and, uh, you know, a lot of other things. But, you know, Jay was the rock of the uh, Gibraltar, as always. And I was, you know, trying to- No, it's okay. I've shed some tears. I definitely, I've had a, a shaky throat. I had, I had a, a shaky throat trying to explain to my, uh, my, my normie coworkers uh, who don't watch wrestling and had no idea what the hell was happening. So uh, it was, it was great. I don't know if either of you saw uh, the post show with Tony Khan, but they have, yeah. uh, you saw they retired the TNT title. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also saw Brody Lee Jr. Kicking uh, type flights ass. I don't know if you saw that. I also saw him uh, taking the cane to the rest of the dark order in the locker room. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So some yeah, really, yeah. really, Really, really awesome stuff there, and I, I hope that, you know, I think the family financially will be okay. I think AEW will take care of them, but, you know, for those kids to grow up without a dad, I mean, it's just no. There's no, just no. There's, there's no words to use, you know, how tragic that is. So, all right, uh, rough transition to uh, to Wrestle Kingdom. So <laughs> On to uh, a lighter subject. Uh, yes, more, absolutely. Or positive topic. Absolutely. So we've got a bunch of matches. Um Let's start off with what match on Wrestle Kingdom, you know, it's a two-night event. Yep. What match are you most looking forward to? Or, or one or two matches you're like, I cannot wait for this match because of the build or just the competitors themselves. So my, my number one match of all, uh, 100%, is going to be uh, Ibushi and Naito. That is, that is the top tier match for me. Uh, going back, I think it was in 2017, their match, I think it was. Um, their match in 2017 was unreal. Uh, I think the two of them, especially on night one, they are going to set the bar so high for night two. It's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, they have, I mean, they have great chemistry. We watched, uh, Corey and I watched them in Madison Square Garden. Um, uh, they almost broke each other's necks. I mean, it was just, it was just a lot of spots that were extremely dangerous, um, but definitely was the best match of, of, of the night there. And I think they're going to give these guys 30 to 45 minutes to just oh, kick, to just, to just kick ass. Uh, do you think Ibushi wins the match? I think he does. I think Ibushi definitely wins the match. Uh, I, I feel awful because this is the Naito screw job every <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, you know, I, I feel awful for him. He gets, he hits that peak that he's always been striving for. And then it gets ripped away from him every time at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, but given the fact that he is the, uh, he, he's the two time IWGP dual champion. Uh, I, I think it's fine. I think it's fitting. And I think Kota Ibushi is the right person for it. Uh, so I, I see Kota winning that. Now, something that is interesting that you guys did mention there, the fact that they have had, you know, I think four or five matches now. Everyone is, may not be actually dangerous, but everyone looks super dangerous. I, I love their matches, but as dangerous as they are, it's almost uncomfortable at times to watch them. And... I, I agree with both of you. I think Ibushi's going to win. I think he deserves this moment of everything he's been through as a free agent and everything he went through, you know, with being in DDT and the company most likely not trusting him. 
for not signing a contract and everything he went through, uh, you know, being friends with Kenny Omega and the Bucks and most likely having to go through certain things when they left and some of the punishment he might have had to go through. But do you think with where they are right now in the pandemic era and not having as many fans and everything that's going on right now, maybe this may not be the right time to do some of this stuff. Maybe they should have should should have waited. Until, and we, I know we don't know when everything goes back to normal and it's all a waiting game. But maybe this wasn't the right time to maybe put the title on Ibushi until you actually have a full house or you, or the fact that you may never know when that's going to happen. So you got to do it when you can. So first off, I don't think that they have less fans. I, I would go ahead and disagree with that. Well, it's about uh, a quarter I, think, I think that's what they're, I think they're doing about a quarter, about 30. Oh, you mean 30. physical presence? Yes. Uh, uh, the Japanese government capped it off about two and a half, three weeks ago. Uh, and said that they cannot sell any more tickets. They didn't want any more than like 5,400 people there, mm-hmm. um, which I think they'd already sold over like 6,000 plus tickets. So I mean, you're going to have like 10,000 people there for probably each night. But uh, I guess a large portion of uh, Japanese pro wrestling culture comes from walk-up ticket purchases. So that's going to affect them. That's, it's, I think Meltzer estimated something like a $3 million loss for the, for the gate, which is rough. But um, do I think, I think absolutely this is the right time to put the strap on a Bushi. And I think the reason why is this, you have spent an entire year, despite the fact that Japan, um, their reaction to the pandemic was much swifter. It was much stronger. It was much, uh, they have a much different cultural society. So the idea of, stay there, don't go anywhere, just please wait. It was probably a lot more respected. And uh, from you know various footage I've seen of even downtown Tokyo, where normally you see crowds of thousands of people crossing streets, there's nobody around. Uh, you know, they, the people of that country took it seriously and they have since been able to have, you know, they have had people at their matches now for months and months. It's half capacity or quarter capacity initially, but it's something and it's something very good. And even though they can't cheer, they're still doing the clapping. Uh, Their presence is felt. And I think that helps the performers immensely. And as for the performers, they have spent the better portion of a year with a limited roster. Uh, I think this past year, you really only saw Japanese stars. You know, you, you didn't have Juice Robinson. You didn't really have Will Ospreay. They were both tucked away back in England where they had to stay for the longest time. Uh, Kenta couldn't even be there because he was in Florida. And right. you couldn't have John uh, Moxley show up because obviously he can't leave. Uh, they were specifically really only doing their storylines with Japanese stars. And what they've done to build up to this Wrestle Kingdom with what they had is fantastic. So do I think now is the time to put the straps on Ibushi? Yes, Ibushi has been uh, denied his shot so many times. And I think his character and I think the people who love his character uh, are probably just absolutely desperate for this. Uh, I would even compare it to Naito's first time climbing the mountain and accomplishing anything at Wrestle Kingdom. So... Yeah, I, John, I completely agree. I think this is something that, as as you know, big fans of New Japan over the last couple of years, I, 
you could tell the crowd's been thirsty for this. They've been wanting this. Um, you could, yeah, you you absolutely can tell. So I, I think this is the time. I, I think this is the time um, to to do that. So one of the matches I'm most looking forward to is, and I don't know if you got the chance to see the Super J Cup. Uh, it was a one night tournament, and uh, Hiromo is going to go against El Fantasmo. And I mean, he was the the tournament. If you guys didn't get a chance to watch, it, it was a very it was a very solid tournament. For El Fantasmo was basically a heel the whole time. He was a total asshole. I mean, he was the heel of heels. Um, and I hadn't gotten a chance to watch him very often, but he is fantastic in the ring. He's a great heel. And I think him against Hiromu is going to be an absolute fantastic match. I think there's zero chance El Fantasma wins. But um, I really, really, that's one of the matches I think I'm most looking forward to. Uh, what are your thoughts on that match? Uh, I completely agree. Honestly, I think El Fantasma has been one of the... Uh, He's been one of the sleepers for Bullet Club and even more so for professional wrestling. He is an absolutely fantastic heel. Uh, I would liken him to MJF in terms of uh, heel likability and just heel persona in general. Uh, but I think he's got a lot more to offer than MJF does uh, in terms of his performance. So getting to go against the darling, I would say, of New Japan, Hiromu, is just absolutely fantastic i'm very excited to watch this match uh i can only imagine what absolutely mind-blowing uh sequences they're probably worked up or what insane things they're going to pull off i i think this will probably be uh i would i would argue this is my number two number three match to watch of both nights now this is going to be uh now we have the rambo which is their royal the Royal Rumble style match is going to be the opening match of night one. This is, I would say, truly the opener of the uh, of night one. The uh, <clears throat> best of the Super Junior winner versus the J Cup winner, and the winner of this match will go on to face Ishimori on night two, which is kind of interesting. You got Bullet Club night one, Bullet Club night two, so you have the idea of a possible Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. I think we all agree that Hiromo is going to win this match, and I think it's kind of interesting that if you look at most people's predictions, this is going to be a really bad showing for Bullet Club over the this whole entire, you know, two-day period. But I think a lot of people would be, are, you know, who was affected most by the pandemic was Hiromo because he, you know, came back from basically the year of recovering from the injury, came back at last year's Wrestle Kingdom, had the incredible win over Will Ospreay. And then, you know, with the pandemic, he lost his shot at the anniversary show versus uh, Naito. And then he was supposed to get, you know, the huge... Uh, upswing from the New Japan Cup and then when it actually did happen he wound up winning a couple of rounds losing to Okada, got the win over Ishii. Do you think that he, well we can get into it in a couple minutes if he wins the title the following night, but do you think this is the beginning of him, his graduation like an Osprey and a Shingo where his time as a junior heavyweight is maybe in the backseat he might be going, becoming a, going to the heavyweights? No, I don't and the primary reason for that is because Hiromu is the foundation, I would say, of their, um, of their junior heavyweight division. I don't think that they have enough people or enough talent to deplete that division. Uh, if you want to run down the quick list of who else is in there, the next closest person besides El Fantasmo is El Desperado. 
And if you didn't watch the Hiromu Despi match, uh, I think it was it was the finish of Best of Super Juniors. Yeah. That match, I would argue, is going to be tied for match of the year so far against anybody else. Uh, that match was absolutely incredible. I think that was Desperado's come out moment. Uh, and I really hope that he gets a solid push against anybody after this. Uh, I would love to see him get pushed into a higher position in that company. I think it would be great. But I think you go Hiromu, Fantasmo, El Desperado, but then you immediately are left with Taguchi. Ishimori. And then- Ishimori, who is absolutely fantastic, but has no has no character. He has no and personality. Also, Rob, you got Robbie Eagles, but also Anishimori, you know, 35, 36. I mean, he looks like he's yep. 25, but he's 35 years old. And I think also part of the thing is, and I guess a lot of things I'm looking at is the hope factor of that post-pandemic. You've got a lot of guys who were in the Super J Cup of, you know, an ACH mm-hmm. or Chris Bay or some of the other guys, you know, that were in there might be able to come over. A Rocky Romero who looks like he's been a little bit more motivated now especially, you know, stuff he's been doing, you know, might be able to re- infuse that division. I guess maybe what I'm thinking, I think Jay mostly would agree with, because one of his favorite guys in that division for a long time was Kushida, and he wanted to see him go and get to that next level. And Kushida's, you know, most likely, if not the best junior heavyweight since Liger, Kushida was basically never had that opportunity to get to that next level. And you don't want that to happen to Hiroma when it looked like, pre-pandemic he was going to have that moment to go and like i said have the shingo or the osprey push of maybe being in like in a g1 yeah how's that uh how's that nxt push going for him right now yeah i i think <laughs> i think you got to be careful right like there like we've been saying there's just not enough guys in the junior division um i do think you know if things open up uh in terms of vaccine and guys being able to come over I know Chris Bay, I believe he has a contract where he can work with New Japan. Um, I think TJ, TJP has the same thing. So, so I, I think you're going to see, you know, a bunch of juniors able to come over probably, you know, maybe the second half of the year or something, but it's going to be a while. And I, I think this is the time to keep the, you know, put the belt on Hiromu, which I think they're absolutely going to do and kind of continue that for a little bit. You know, maybe best of the super juniors next year is kind of his, you know, moving on, you know, kind of ceremony, his way to move on. But I, I don't think they can have the tournament next year without him. Uh, he's the ace of the division, even though he's not the champion, he's the ace of the division. And I think they need to have him win the title, hold on to the title and be the one to carry that division. Any interest in a GOD versus uh Saber and Taichi. I mean, Taichi's had a resurgence of his career, especially with that match against Ibushi in the uh, G1, which was a very different match than anything I've ever seen in a G1, basically the kickboxing match. But uh, any interest in that match? Or is it basically just seeing if they decide to put the title in GOD for the seventh time? Jason already knows what my answer is. He, knows <laughs> he loves him some. He loves him some Tai Chi. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't care about Tai Chi. You know him. You know I'm a mark for Tamatanga. Yeah, hundred percent. What happened to Tamatanga being singles? I was about to he say was, you I mean, got. Was, you told was me inter- he was supposed to get that single. I mean, he court. had like a bunch of interviews, and he was like, "Yeah, the time might be for me to be singles." And like, why wouldn't it be? He's, I think he was just messing with everybody. Uh, you know I what? Mean, maybe. 
I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, number one, I'm very excited for this match because I think Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi are an excellent tag team. Uh, I think that their characters are absolutely fantastic. They're just great heels. They work very well together. They have a drastically different style, but uh, against, against G.O.D., they're going for their, I think this is their seventh uh, yeah. title opportunity, which I think is a record again for New Japan. Um, Tama Tonga is 100% New Japan. He has no interest going anywhere else. And I think he takes any opportunity they give them. And even if it's, if it's absolute garbage, he'll turn it into gold. So I think this will be actually a solid match. Uh, I'd be interested to see when they come out with Master Heater to see if anybody else comes out with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi with Dangerous Techers. I, I would be very interested to see what kind of heel antics they get into in this match. I think I mean, it'll you, be got he, you got heels against heels, basically. I love it's heel a, against heel it's, violence. It, it, it's a mess. Yeah. But and I'll say this too. And for, you know, if you, you know, for you guys, if you've gotten a chance to watch um, uh, New Japan Strong, uh, Hikaleo, uh, who, who is their, I think, adopted uh, adopted brother, he is, a, I think he's the, I think Hikaleo is the adopted. I, again, I know Tama Tonga is the adopted son, but. Yeah, I, I, I believe so. I don't know. You know, Wikipedia, but uh, Hikaleo is a beast. And I do think he's a guy who you could see. First of all, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a star. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete. He has a great look. You could have, I could eventually see him teaming maybe with Tangaleo and having those guys team and Tama Tonga moving on. Again, this is future fantasy booking by Jason Brooks, but um, I think that the Bullet Club do win this match. Um, and I think it's going to be just a shit show of a match with interference and just dumb shit happening. So uh, for you guys out there, don't expect a technical masterpiece here. I think it's going to be brawling and kind of a shit show, but it should be a fun match. I think sometimes they should just label these matches hardcore matches and like stop stop dicking around. Just call it a hardcore <laughs> match and just be done with it because we know that's what's going to happen. Uh, the next match, uh, quickly we'll go over this very, very fast. I was a lot more interested in this match when it was Juice Robinson versus Kenta, but orbital bone injury to Juice Robinson for the uh, briefcase of for a shot at John Moxie who may never return. Kenta versus uh, Kojima. If this match was, you know, it was 10 years ago, I'm sure Kojima will work very hard because, you know, he hasn't been on a Wrestle Kingdom main card in a very long time, but you got to think Kenta could keep the title for that hopefully someday match versus Moxie. Is Kojima going to take this match? Absolutely not. Uh, is Kojima uh, going to take this opportunity to perform well? Yes. Is he going to do anything more than a 10, 15 minute match? Not a chance, but I'll be honest with you. This is a great thing to see. Uh, maybe the Japanese culture would probably be a little bit more into this to see the old guard versus uh, the guy they hate so much. I mean, it literally, Kenta is hated in New Japan by the fan base. So to see uh, Kojima, who is just one of the, you know, I don't want to call him an OG for New Japan, but he is uh, one of the older generations of New Japan. I think people are going to love this match. I'm legitimately excited to see it. I'm not expecting any, you know, amazing five-star match out of it, but I think in entertainment quality, it'll be there. Yeah. And uh, um, go go ahead, Corey. Sorry, quickly. I guess the I'm, I have not been at all impressed by the great Okan 
does this do we continue the backslide of old man Tanahashi or is Tanahashi get the win and Okan, you know, basically is a project for next year? So I told this to Jason the other week. Uh, this is the first Wrestle Kingdom in a decade that does not have either Hiroshi Tanahashi or Kazuchika Okada as the main event. Yeah. Uh, this is huge for him to be the fourth match on the card. It's got to be a foreign feeling to him. Uh, I think that Great Okan takes this match. Uh, I am excited to see it. I Tanahashi has had uh, a, a great year in terms of character building, maybe not so much in uh, you know, winning matches left and right. But as he does gracefully start going down with the sun, I think it's great that he's putting over new talent. Uh, I think Great Okan's only had, what, five, six, seven matches so far in New Japan. Uh, I'm not ready to seal the deal on him. And I, I think he's got a great look. I think he's a really intimidating presence. Uh, I'm hoping that this will go well. Uh, you got to have a great match with the ace. So I, I can't imagine it not being a good match. Um, all right. So let's just uh, move on to night two real quick um, while we oh, have you. So we're going to skip Osprey and Okada. Oh, Osprey and Okada. Oh, I, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will. We'll, we'll do, we'll do Osprey and Okada. Aside about, uh, aside about Osprey, uh, Sean, I know uh, you have your personal thoughts about Yes, May, yes. May that, That's one of the reasons why I was going to skip it, Sean. It's fine. It's you're, fine. You're, it's fine. I won't you're... even go into it. It's all speculation. I can't. I'm not going to go into it. All right. All this right. could be the this could be the match of the of the first week of of the of the year. Okada, perennial uh, top five guy in the world over the last decade, versus most people's thoughts of you know has been the best guy for the last you know two or three years. Me and Jay for the last you know three years have said why is this guy not you know gone for the the IWGP title? Why hasn't he won the G one? Now he's co-headlining the first night. Jay, you want to start with this one quickly? Because you are yeah. a Will Ospreay guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Osprey mark. And again, I know that there's been some speculation out there about some shitty things he's done. So I, I also understand that. But in terms of an in-ring performer, I, I don't think that you can count on one hand the amount of people who are who are better than him. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a tremendous match. Um, I do think Osprey wins the match. I think, you know, you can have Okada lose. Okada could lose the next for the next 10 years it won't it won't matter so i do think there's a time sometimes new japan is slow with it you know a wwe thing is like they you know they'll have the guy win the match or aw have the guy win a match new japan sometimes takes a little bit of time as we've seen with abushi obviously so i do think there's a chance okada wins so my american booking mind thinks it should be osprey but new japan doesn't always doesn't always go that way sometimes they take time so um you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say Osprey, but I, I could absolutely see them uh, sticking with Okada there. I think Osprey takes it, and I think uh, New Year's Dash, he comes out and challenges for whoever is holding the heavyweight strap, whoever it is. I think the Empire will start to make its play to be the next big group. I'm, you know what? I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm, I'm going to say Okada has, has been the underdog in this feud so far. Okada gets the win. And then I'm going to agree with you on the other half of that. I think we get the big attack the next uh, at Dash with the Empire getting basically taking out whoever the champion is, setting up for the following uh, big show in February where he gets a title shot. Don't know if he wins the title, but I think that's where you set up 
Osprey's big shot at the title, or maybe you know leading up to you know a Dominion or something. But I do think Osprey will get a world title shot at the IWGP sometime this year. Uh, leading into night two, uh, we've got the junior heavyweight title match. I don't see it. I don't see a title change here. El Desperado and Kanemori, uh have been a great tag team. I don't see Wado and Taguchi. This is just a makeshift team, which I don't even understand why they're getting the shot. But because they don't have another team to put them in. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, that I mean that you know that's why they're I think I think I think Shingo and Cobb is going to be a hell of a match. I am very. That's one of the matches I'm most looking forward to from from both nights. I think Cobb. I think I mean it's it's a shame that Taguchi only gets you know it's his first title defense you know, but I think Cobb wins the title. I think you. I think that's the guy who wins the big match for the stable of the empire. And I think Cobb gets the huge win. It's amazing that this, neither one of these guys has actually, I believe ever won a match at Wrestle Kingdom for in the singles. I don't, this might be all these guys first singles match at a Wrestle Kingdom show, but I think Cobb gets the big win. And I think Cobb more than even Will, Will Ospreay has, has looked the best since joining the empire. I think this has really helped him, you know, going heel. And I think this has really brought a new level to his character. I think Cobb's character wasn't defined before, aside from I'm incredibly strong and I can do solid match work, but I have no presence. I have nothing to say. I have no character. My hope is that he even comes out with fresh gear because if they're repackaging Jeff Cobb into a heel, I'd love to see a total repackage. I mean, even the whatever they're doing with his hair so he looks a little bit more intimidating. It's all on his face. He looks sketchy and scary. Fantastic. Uh, I agree. If you're a fan of Japanese wrestling, of just pure strong style, this is going to be it. And then if you like big physical power wrestling, this is your match. You know what? Before we move on, I know we're running a little short on time here, but very quickly, you're talking about strong style Japanese wrestling. You realize a couple of guys that aren't on this show, Goto, who I know is boring as, as all hell, but Goto's not on this show. Ishii's not on this show. Suzuki's not on this show. All these three guys, unless there's going to be some big run-in, are going to be reduced to being in the Rumble. Yep. And you have, you know, guys like the great Okan, who might be good at one point, are on this, are on this, you know, have matches on this show. I mean, like, nothing against the great Okan, but how are these three guys who, and two, you know, two of those guys in Ishii and Suzuki had maybe the best match of the whole entire G1. In my, you know, I know there were other matches that might have led up to being as good. But those two guys had two of the best years in ring in the G1 and they and they don't have matches. Yeah, um, but but quite the other thing is like some like I get it and I don't disagree. But 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 quite sometimes like we got to we got to pump up younger guys and I think they're seeing it now, right? They've had the same old guard for so many years. Then we had, you know, the the, pan, the global pandemic and so many other guys are not available now. They have to elevate other people. They have to elevate other people at some point. And I don't disagree about those guys not being on the show. They probably should be on the show somewhere. But Jeff Cobb and Jingo wouldn't have been on the show, right? So it's like, what we? How do we do it? What do we do exactly? How do you? How do you try to elevate guys? How do you try to elevate guys? Sonata's gonna, you know, Sonata's now really getting a chance to have a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom. How do you promote? The, I don't even know if these guys are younger, but maybe a little bit younger guys 
and while you know having really 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 good quality shows it's it's hard but because we can't talk about oh we need to see Hiromu and uh, on the you know in the, as a heavyweight we need to see Osprey as a heavyweight but then oh but you got to keep Ishii you got to keep you, you, some something's got to give sure and I'll let you comment on this but I just want to say this quickly you're telling me you could not give 10 and I know these shows could be long and with the pandemic they mostly have a limited amount of time for these shows and maybe these shows might be, you know, on the shorter end. You tell me you could not give 10 minutes on either night one or night two to, because of how good these matches have been all year, Ishii versus Suzuki. 10 minutes, two of them killing each other. The matches are already, there's already seven matches on these shows. Night two's got eight matches. How, how long do you want these shows to go? Sean, you tell us. So, you- uh, first off. I agree. Uh, I think Suzuki and especially Ishii have had great years, uh, great years so far in terms of in-ring performance. And I think it's, I think it's shitty that they're not getting to play really. I, uh, but I also see the business decision by Bushi road to put stardom as the first two opening matches on night two. Uh, and I mean, let's face it, Joshi wrestling is a market that is still growing very quickly. Uh, no not... It's not going to be on New Japan World. Really? Yeah, those matches are not on New Japan World. It might be on a DVD three years from now, but the last two, the last year when those matches were on, those weren't on New Japan World. I don't even know if those of everyone on the Stardom website, uh, their, their streaming site, those matches will not, those are dark matches. Oh, that's a shame. I was going to say what a great opportunity for them to expose people to it, but oh yeah, no, great. So an even worse business decision on their part. So now they're not showing that at all, and they're not having Ishii, they're not having Suzuki. Uh, I, as much as I want to poo-poo on Goto, he is still a fantastic performer. If you put him in a match, you're going to look at a guy who's going to get like a four-star match out of him, no matter what. Uh, I think it is a shame, but also at the same time. Yeah, there's time constraints. I mean, this both of these nights are going to be four and a half hours, five hours long. That's you're you're talking close to eleven hours at the end of the day in, in a two hour or two day period. We're talking about eleven hours of professional wrestling for hardcore nerds like me. I can't wait for this. I will happily consume all of this without any complaint. But if you're looking at other people who are like, "Well, oh, I'll give it a shot. I'll check it out." Man, that's a lot to go through. That's a lot to sit through. Absolutely. Uh, I see your point. Uh, we have two match, uh, three matches left here quickly. A guy who won the title earlier this year in a decision that not a, people, not a lot of people liked. I was one of them because, you know, pandemic, it sh- cut it, you know, Naito's title reign short, and he wound up getting the title back pretty fast. Evil versus Sonata. So not a lot of people think is the future. I don't know if I agree with it. I think he's a very good worker, but it's another guy. I just don't know if he has the personality that is needed to be a top star. I, I think this might be one of the few wins that Bullet Club gets over the, uh, the two days. Sean, Jason, what are your thoughts? Does Evil uh, win this or is Sonata finally get the big win? I, I think you got to, I think they're, they've been, we, we've been talking about, you know, giving young guys opportunities Evil won the title, so he doesn't need this win at all. Who needs to win more? I think Sonata needs to win more. So I think he's the guy who gets. The I don't win. know if I agree with that. I he, disagree he, he entirely. You think you, you think Evil needs to, you think Evil needs to win more to keep himself established as a as a as a main event level guy? 
I think the booking that they did in the middle of the year to turn evil and have him drop out of LIJ and to turn to Bullet Club, I think that was some of the best booking that they could have possibly done. I didn't see it coming. I don't think anybody saw it coming. I think it was absolutely fantastic. It was great. And then they dropped the ball so badly. It was an absolute embarrassment. And I think that in order for them to even save face whatsoever with what they've done with evil's character, he has to win. Do I think that they'll do it? No, because they've dropped the ball already. And I think they're, they'll be fine with just letting it roll away. Uh, I think Sonata does win this. And I think it Sonata definitely is the future uh, when he's given an opportunity to bring his character forward outside of LIJ. I think that'll be a big, big deal. And I think he'll really make strides and, I think Corey will get proven wrong on that in the future. Cold Skull or Cold Stone, whatever, whatever his nickname is. Cold Skull. Cold Skull. Okay. So it's not ice cream. Okay, good. Um, So your co-main event, which is something I didn't think I would ever see if, you know, it wasn't Kushida or Will Ospreay, but your co-main event for Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 is for the junior heavyweight title. Ishimori versus what we all think is going to be Hiromo. I think they go full board here. Hiromo, full thing from last year. Yes, he won the he won the match, but I think Hiromo wins and he gets his shot at the champion at the anniversary show, which he never got. You know, the year before. Do we all agree on this? I mean, I think it could be a standout match. Yeah, I think I think we basically did before. I mean, I I absolutely. I, I think Hiromo absolutely wins. I I want to say yes to Hiromo winning, but I'll be honest with you. Taiji Ishimori has so much to offer and they've dropped the ball with him. So I, I don't want to say yes to Hiromu winning. I'm sure he will, but I, uh, I would not be surprised if there was an upset. Yeah. And, and you also got to think, you know, to kind of Sean's point, they are going to have to have the bullet club win some of these matches, right? Like they, they can't, they can't lose all these. We've got them losing a lot of matches here. I have them losing a lot of matches. So they've got to win at some point. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. I still think Hiromu wins. But. I do think, though, the, the last point on this is we move to the main event of main events here, the final match of these two nights, is when you have to sell whatever seat you can for that anniversary show, Hiromu versus Abushi, Hiromu versus Jay White, Hiromu versus Naito, I think is a lot easier to sell than Ishimori versus one of the three of them. Agreed. Yeah. So uh, I think we, we all said that it's going to be God, aka Ibushi, versus Jay White in the in the uh, rematch for the briefcase. Which we don't have enough time on this show to for me to explain why I thought that was the way they came to that idea of this double main event. Rationalizing was beyond stupid, but let's get into this match: Ibushi versus Jay White. Who leaves with the title? Does Jay White upset the? Uh, the fans and champion again, or does Ibushi end the night as the wrestling god that was meant to be? Sean, what do you think? Uh, I uh, it's too hard to call. I'll be honest with you. I my my gut tells me there's going to be a screw job and Jay White will walk away. Uh, but my my hope is that Ibushi retains. Uh, at, like I said before, I think Ibushi wins this match. And I really hope that Ibushi wins night two, but uh, you know, it's 
it's impossible for me to say yes or no. So I'm going to, I'm going to remain completely out on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think, I think Abushi wins both nights, but you're right. I mean, any, any kind of screwy, screwy thing can happen. By the way, just one thing for you, New Japan experts. Are they going to do something with the IC title? Are they going to like have a tournament for the title? Like, they, I mean, double champion thing is great for like a little while. And then eventually you got to give the title up. So I, I hope at some point, maybe when more competitors can come back to Japan and wrestle, we're going to see a, some type of IC title tournament or, or something. I'd love to see something like that for one of these pay-per-views. But um, I, I think Abushi wins, but you're right. Uh, anything screwy can absolutely happen. I think down the road, what you're going to see is them get uh, creative with the idea that someone can challenge for either one of those titles. And I think what you'll see is uh, they're going to give the opportunity to someone. Maybe it'll be, it might even be Will Ospreay. And he'll say, no, you know what? I'm going to challenge for the IC title. And when he wins and he pins uh, whomever the champion is at the time, he's then immediately going to turn around and say, now's my title shot. I pin the heavyweight champion. Therefore, I get next shot. And that's what their, their slide in is going to be. And then yeah. I think you'll see like a triple threat, which is very rare for Japan to do. Yeah. But I think you'll have a, a triple threat set up at some point. And I think that'll end up on one of their big pay-per-views towards uh, the middle of the year. So I guess quickly here, because Suzuki's not on the show, maybe he wins one of the spots in the Rumble. But do we have our usual New Year's Dash? Suzuki's army goes and basically kills everybody on new year's dash is that great or or do you think that's what we see i mean we already spoke about you know austria maybe making a challenge for the title but what other things do you think we might see on new year's dash well i think it depends a lot on travel availability uh i i think that you're probably going to see some new talent there i'm hoping they do but uh, i'm I'm thinking Empire is going to make the big push of the factions uh, to become the predominant faction in the stories for the next couple of months. Um, They have the people, they have the look, uh, and they have solid matches, regardless of what you think of the great Okan. I I think he's, I think he's got a little room to grow, but I think he can grow into something good. Um, I don't know about Suzuki. And I know there was previous speculation at the beginning of this of last year uh, and around the end of 2019 that he was unhappy with the company and was thinking about going elsewhere. But I don't know for sure if anything will even come of that. They gave him uh, a solid run, like we said, in the G1. He's been uh, predominant in many of the matches this year. I, I think that he could easily just show up and start beating the shit out of everybody and go for a title shot of some sort. Hey, uh, Jay, do you see anything big happening at uh, New Year's Dash? Uh, yeah. I, years, I, it's like, you know, the reset button. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the availability thing is going to be an interesting question. Like how do you continue to reset stuff? So I, I I'll, I'll kind of go with Sean's point. I'll, I'll piggyback off him and in terms of the empire, maybe having a big, uh, you know, something doing something big here. Um, Al- Osprey setting up to be the next challenger for the, the, the double champion. So yeah, I, I think you'll see some stuff like that. Um, but we'll see what they do with resets and who they're able to bring in. Will there be any surprises? That would be that'd be kind of nice to see surprise new people. But you know, we'll see what happens. 
I'll tell you what the biggest surprise is going to be. This is my long shot bet. Because Gato's already stuffing him down our throats, mm. and I can't fucking stand it. Sorry. Uh, I think Master Wado challenges for the double champion. It's almost a guaranteed lock. Uh, Master Wado apparently is the future with his awful and terrible attire and not good matches. I can't wait for him to become the next double champion of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Master Wado. Oh, boy. Master Wado, yes. Uh, I'm hoping for a return of Harry Smith. That's that's what I'm hoping for. But... uh... I don't, think he, I don't think he left there on great terms. No, he did no, not. So he ain't, he ain't coming. He ain't coming back. No, he is he's, not coming. He's actually getting from. Uh, I read a quick blurb somewhere that someone is trying to get him to come back to uh, WWE. Yeah, his his uh, Tyson kid. Yeah, his, uh, I think it, his, I, his old. Isn't tag he partner. with GCW or MLW? MLW. Yeah, I think I think Harris Smith comes back to NXT, and I and I could see him being on New Year's Evil, their their big show next week. Uh, or appearing at a takeover or something like that. He does need someone on the mic to help him. The brother needs a lot of help on the mic. But in the ring, he's he's obviously fantastic. Uh, Sean, before we let you go, any any last thoughts on, on New Japan? Anything else that 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 you're thinking in terms of Wrestle Kingdom? Your excite- what's your excitement level for the for the card? I'm legitimately very excited. I think that uh, the build up for this, like I said, this is going to be uh, a. a a new Japan event that none of us have gotten to experience before because none of us were around 10 years ago watching this. We didn't have a streaming service to do it. Uh, This is going to be a Japanese based uh, event and it's not going to have, you're not going to have all your guys in there. You're not going to have John Moxley showing up. You're not going to have Kenny Omega, the young bucks. You're not going to have all these guys there this time. Uh, And again, because of COVID, this is going to be a great opportunity for them to showcase their talent. And they do have very strong talent. Uh, so I think that they will pull out some of the stops on this. I'm expecting big things out of many of the matches. Uh, and I even think the rumble will probably be pretty entertaining. I mean, like we said, Ishii, Suzuki, uh, Goto, and most of all, I know how much Jason loves him. But the uh, what's the proper term for him? Uh, the thief, uh, the special thief, our good buddy there, uh, the current king of pro wrestling, is going to be Toriano? making his way there. Toru Yanu will be making his way, I imagine, oh, to the God. big event. Uh, but you know, that's that's perfect for him. It, it really is? is. I think I think the I I agree with that. I think the battle royal. Um, I think the battle royal is gonna gonna be gonna be a blast. I really do. I think it's gonna um, be. You guys, you guys fun. watch that and let me know if Chase Owen shows up because I'll I'll start watching. He will during junior heavyweight. He, yeah, he yeah he, he makes me fall asleep. But Sean, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, we are excited about Wrestle Kingdom as well. I don't know how the hell we're gonna watch <laughs> ten hours of Wrestle Kingdom and then all these other shows and then do a, a, a podcast on Thursday. But Sean, thank you very much for for coming on. Guys, thanks so much for having me again. I look forward to uh, talking with you guys about this at another point. And uh, go Bills. Go Bills. All right, Sean. Take care, bud. See ya. So, uh, Jay, before we get out of here quickly, just wanted to quickly say, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but New York Smash, AEW show, big match on there is the uh, Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix. You know, you got Abaddon versus Sheeta, but big match on that show. So Mega Phoenix should be a banger. 
Should be one of the best matches. First, ba- should be a banger. Is that what you said? A banger. Uh, how, I, how old are you? Go ahead. Go I work ahead. with some, I work with with some young people. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Um, but, no, I think I think the uh, uh, Omega Phoenix match is going to be great. Um, you know, we talked about this like off air. Sometimes, you know, my enthusiasm for a match is lessened when I know absolutely who I feel like is going to win the match. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make any sense for Phoenix to win, right? Like, right. clearly. Um, but in terms of having just a good, solid match, I think, you know, you saw, um, if anybody who watched, you know, Triple Mania with Omega against Laredo Kid, how good of a match that was. I think if they give this match the same amount of time, you know, 20, 25, 30 minutes, I think you could absolutely have a match the caliber of that. I mean, I think Phoenix is better than Laredo Kid. The Laredo Kid's great, but Phoenix is one of the best wrestlers in the world. So uh, I think the two of them, you know, combined could have an absolutely spectacular, spectacular match. Um, and we'll see if it gets the time. AEW has been good about, you know, giving these title matches some, some time. And so, you know, I definitely expect them expect them to do so. So it should be a really, really good, fun match. And I'm just, and I'm really do wonder what type of match Sheeta can get out of Abaddon, who I think is a great gimmick, but I have not seen enough of her in ring to truly have an opinion if she's any good. So yeah, I mean, is it gonna be is it gonna be this thing where Sheeta like act scared the whole time? Like, are they gonna tell that story during the match? I mean, yeah, it could be it, it could be a little sloppy. Yeah. So uh, like I said, wish we had a little more time, but we I think we used a lot of our time wisely talking about. Wrestle Kingdom, and thanks, Sean, again for uh, joining us this week on the show. Uh, Jay, how about you let people know how they can uh, follow the show? Yeah, absolutely. We are at Work to Shoot Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, so, yeah, just look us up, Work to Shoot Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Work to Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. We're even on YouTube, so you can find us there too if you want to see me in a very uh, dimly lit, very poorly, very poorly lit room here at my uh, mother-in-law's. Um, yeah, so so check us out on any of those platforms. Um, if you want to skip ahead, listen to just the New Japan part, listen to just the NXT part, um, you can do that, you know, on the podcast as well. And of course, we have the Life Group. Uh, we've got Mondays, Donk City, Tuesdays, The Audible, Wednesdays, The Step Back, Thursdays, of course, is Us. Uh, and then Sundays, we have the <clears throat> Total Basis podcast. So you can check out pretty much every day on our Facebook groups and through the Life Groups uh, webs, <clears throat> excuse me, Life Groups podcasts, interesting shows pretty much every day for whatever you like in the, in the world of entertainment and sports. So, uh, Jay, I know that we have a sister podcast. I kind of forgot the name of it. Would you be able to remind me? You don't know Jackie. Very cool. And uh, the ladies, Jackie Andy, Jackie Rachel, and myself talking about uh, entertaining things every week. Uh, we'll be up with a new episode this Wednesday if I ever finish editing it. So, uh, Jay, I got you to lift there. It's always good. Um, we spoke about a lot of interesting things. This will be a great week. I'm very excited to see how everything goes. I think we'll have a couple of new champions. Some, some of, you know, end of the year will be saying, can't believe that, you know, nothing beat these shows, but. The over under dirty looks I get from my wife because of all the wrestling I'm watching this weekend. I'm going to put the over under at three and a half 
dirty looks slash arguments we get into because of all the wrestling I'm watching. Corey Single Man doesn't have that problem, but it's going to be a fantastic week of wrestling. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys interact with us on the Wrestle Life. You know, myself, Jason Brooks, Corey Richmond, we try to put stuff up. So interact with us. Um, and I think we're done here. See ya.